and cut on that. Buddy! Yes! If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this, in this day and age? But only uh, real fans, true hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning would know two things, two fundamental truths about us, two undeniably totally real facts about America's uh, hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. What are you asking me, Maxwell? No, I don't. First and foremost, the first absolutely real and in no way made up on the spot fact is uh, uh, about you, Bunny. And yes. it's the fact you were in a hair metal band in the 80s. Uh, now, please, Bunny, tell us what was your band name and what were some of your songs that you that you guys that your band was known for? Uh, we were the Violent Pickles. Um, okay. Nigel, Wayne, Teddy, you know, kind of kids that I went to high school with. Uh, our big songs were. We're young white boys, and things aren't really that bad. Uh, that was a very popular one. Uh, another another big song of ours was. Uh, we elected the guy from Bedtime from Bonzo. It's a good song. That's that a good was song. A, that was a that was a really hard thrashing song. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like Bedtime for Bonzo, Bedtime for Bonzo. We elected the guy from Bedtime for Bonzo. Yeah You know. Yeah. I got yeah. goose pimples just then. Exactly. So that, that was another big one for our of ours. Um uh and really, we were two shot wonders. You know, there there really isn't a third. I mean, there were obviously other songs, but nothing that anybody really knew, like uh, uh, "Hamsters Go Crazy," um, that n n people really didn't hear ever hear that. You know, uh, we couldn't get in bars anymore at that point. Uh, you know, ever since ever since Nigel hung himself. You know, yeah, we we couldn't book a show after that. So hamsters go crazy. Nobody ever heard that. Um, the devil does scrapbooking. Nobody, oh, have, yes. nobody yes, had ever done that. Had heard that one. That's, uh, that's one of my favorite B sides. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and 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 that's about it. You know, uh, it was the sad end to the violent pickles. You know, the weird thing is, is that the name "The Violent Pickles" that screams we are a band from New York, yes. and I'm not fully sure why, but that screams we are a band specifically from the East Coast and not the West Coast. Not exactly sure why. Yeah. Eventually, I get the answer. But thank you for regaling us, Bunny, with with your musical tales. And the oh, second no fact, the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this point in the show is 
I like to get a story from the history books and sort of rework it via my own unique storytelling style. And, and that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short, but it's very powerful. It's the sands of podcast segments. I put that in for my son. Uh, Sans is a character in a retro-looking 8-bit game called Undertale that my son, Maxwell, is obsessed with at the moment. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be having a strange short story about a Japanese video game company that was well-known for its problem with licensing rights. Okay. First, let me tell you about how I organically got to this shap. So people really seem to like it when I play really old video games on YouTube. So I was looking for something different to play. I got an an NES emulator and I, I downloaded basically a random assortment of about 700 different NES games. And so, yeah, I can play Super Mario Brothers 3 or The Legend of Zelda, but I want something different, something strange and bizarre, maybe something that not everybody knows, because that's very much Mr. Steve. I'm a cult classic and not a bestseller. So I'm looking for something different to play, and I found this bizarre old game where Snoopy and Woodstock are tossing boots. It's a boot-tossing game where it's like, oh, do you want to be Snoopy or his brother Spike from Needles, California? And you're tossing boots. And I'm like, what the hell is this game? Why are are Charlie Brown and Lucy having a sack race in front of the Roman Colosseum? What is this game and what is its deal? Why is this a thing? And so I looked it up and I found that it was an interesting, if confusing, story. So here we are. The story starts in Japan with a big company called Kotobuki. They did manufacturing and they did engineering and they they had their hands in a bunch of different uh, facets of Japanese culture and like so many companies in the 80s and 90s they said uh we've got absolutely no experience in this but hey let's start making video games so they got into the video game business and they started a company called chemco which stood for the kotobuki engineering and manufacturing company and you put those little bits together and that's chemco so they, at first, they started releasing games primarily for the PC. And then as uh, their popularity rises, they decided to start releasing home video games because NES was starting to become a thing. You know, in the 80s, 
Nintendo, suddenly everyone, you know, it's not just making PC games and making arcade games. It's about making games for the home, especially with the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. And so uh, suddenly the primary uh, headquarters of Kemco was in Japan and they make games in Japan, but then they would distribute them to England, to Europe, and they distribute them to the United States. And what Kemco is mainly known for is hastily done overlays. That's where, oh shit, we can't release this Japanese game in America because no one knows this Japanese character. Okay. Well, we'll buy some cheap rights to a character and then just overlay this new character on this old character. And look at yeah. that. Now we have a technically brand new video game that we can sell to foreigners. Let's just change this one thing and release it to the public. They did this a lot and the results were highly complicated. Here's the results that got me to this story. A video game company called Nova Trade from Hungary released a game for the Commodore 64, the Amstrad PC, and the ZX Spectrum PC. The game was called The Alternative World Games, and it was a series of six mini games that were set that were supposed to be popular games from different countries. So okay. you can do a sack race in Nepal. You can have a boot throwing match, which is, which is apparently something they do in Italy. You can do a boot throwing match at the Roman Colosseum. You can have a traditional pole climbing race in Verona, Italy. And uh, you can have a pillow fight on a gondola in Venice. And there are other games. One is called Pile of Plates, where you hold 100 plates and you have to get from point A to point B without dropping any plates. The okay. game is intended to be different games from different countries, but for whatever reason, all of the settings are in Italy for some reason. So, so they released this game for the PC, and it does well. It does okay. So Kemco buys the rights and decides to release this game in Japan and Europe and America for the NES. So, um, but, Kem, but Kemco knows that the alternative world games that they just bought the rights to is kind of a crap game. So they're like, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get the rights to some character, slap it on there, and there you go. It's not the alternative world games anymore. It's a completely different game. So they go to Disney and they go, hey, Disney, we want the rights to Mickey Mouse. And then Disney hey. says, oh, okay, here's, here's the amount of money it would, it would cost to get the rights to Mickey Mouse. And Kemco said, okay, that's really expensive. What characters you have? Do you have like a bargain bin for characters? And so instead of getting the rights to Mickey Mouse for all to put on top of alternative world games, they get the rights to Donald Duck and Friends. Okay. So in Japan, they release alternative world games for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which in Japan was called the Nintendo Famicom System. Famicom was short for Family Computer. They wanted 
wanted the NES to be like a computer, that a family PC that you could do a bunch of things on that was used for the family in Japan. But in America, it's like, no, this is a video game system. So, uh, so in Japan, they released alternative world games as Donald Duck for the Famicom system. And it's an overlay. They got the exact same game that was released for the PC, except instead of random characters to choose, from you can be either Donald Duck, Daisy, Huey, Dewey, or Louie. And it makes no sense as okay. to why Daisy is having a sack race in front of the Roman Coliseum. Why are Dewey and Louie throwing boots <laughs> in Italy? It makes no fucking sense, but it sells really well. In Japan, it sells a lot. Daisy's still up tossing boots. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are pole climbing in Verona. It sells well. And so Kemco says, all right, let's release Donald Duck in America. But the problem is, in America, Capcom has the exclusive rights to any and all Disney video games. So how do Kemco release the Donald Duck game in the U.S.? They're like, crap, we need more rights. We need, we need something cheap to put on top of Donald Duck. So, Alternative World Games, which was released for the PC, was overlaid with Donald Duck and Friends and released as the game Donald Duck in Japan. But for America, they can't release the Donald Duck game. So they just slapped Snoopy and Friends on top of Donald Duck. Hey. So that in 1990, the NES game Snoopy's Silly Sports Spectacular was released. It was an overlay of an overlay of a bizarre PC game. So in America, Snoopy and Woodstock threw boots at the Roman Coliseum, and Snoopy and his brother Spike from Needles, California, are pole dancing in Verona, Italy. This is what Chemco became known for. Okay. Uh, releasing games in japan trying to release them in america saying shit we legally can't and then just slapping whatever they could afford on top of the characters <laughs> that brings us to the hardest part of the story to explain the okay. saga of crazy castle crazy castle when I was in, what, like junior high school, high school, I had the game on the Game Boy, Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. I had it and I played it all the time. It was a fun, interesting puzzle game and you were Bugs Bunny and you had to grab all of the carrots without letting any of the bad guy Looney Tunes characters touch you. Don't let Sylvester touch you. Don't let uh, Wile E. Coyote catch you. Don't let... Elmer Fudd catched you, and it was a bizarre puzzle game, and and and, and it was really interesting. But one thing that always uh, made me wonder is uh, um, the game was surprisingly hard. How and why would they make a Bugs Bunny, a difficult Bugs Bunny puzzle game? Like, I always wondered, this is a fun game, but like, why is it Bugs Bunny? Why? <laughs> I'm so confused. How did this game come about? Well, okay, let's talk about the game. Um, 
Chemco in 1989 got the rights to release a Roger Rabbit game in Japan. And so they released a puzzle game where Roger Rabbit is collecting hearts and avoiding the evil weasels. And if the weasels touch you, you die. The game sold like crazy in Japan. And everyone in Japan loved the game Roger Rabbit. So Chemco said, great, let's release Roger Rabbit in America. The problem was, so they said, hey, uh, this isn't a Disney game. And we ran into problems with that before with alternative world games. But now we're releasing a Roger Rabbit game. And Roger Rabbit isn't uh, Disney. Roger Rabbit is touchstone pictures, so we should be able to get away with this. But the problem was there was already a game for the NES called Roger Rabbit. So Nintendo told them, Chemco, you cannot release another game called Roger Rabbit. You can't release a Roger Rabbit game that already exists. Come up with something else. And and Chemco said, well, we'll need to come up with a cheap alternative to Roger Rabbit. What other rabbits are popular in the United States? And that's how the game Roger Rabbit became Bugs Bunny's crazy castle in America for the Game Boy and the Nintendo Entertainment System. So Roger Rabbit, the game is selling really well in Japan. And then Bugs Bunny's crazy castle which is basically the same game, but with Bugs Bunny instead of Roger Rabbit, sells great in America. So they need to do a sequel. So they go back to Japan and they're like, we're going to do a sequel to Roger Rabbit. But the problem is, by the time they decide to go back to Japan and do a sequel to Roger Rabbit, Kemco has lost the rights to Roger Rabbit. Okay. So uh, the sequel to Roger Rabbit in Japan ends up being so. So uh, Disney says, "Hey, we're Disney. We own Touchstone. You, you've lost the rights to Roger Rabbit. But hey, that Roger Rabbit game sold pretty well, and uh, you guys are doing pretty good. Would you like Mickey? We'll give you Mickey now." <laughs> okay. So in Japan, the sequel to Roger Rabbit was called Mickey Mouse. It was a continuation of the Roger Rabbit series, but now it starred Mickey Mouse instead of Roger Rabbit. And the game Mickey Mouse sells great in Japan. And they say, okay, well, then we'll release it in in America. But of course, they can't release Mickey Mouse in America because uh, Capcom still has the Disney rights. So they say, fine. Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle sold great in America. We'll release Mickey Mouse, the sequel to Roger Rabbit in Japan, as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 2 in America. And, and, uh, and so then they say, okay, well, then we'll also release this in Europe because uh, this is, these games are selling great in Japan and these games are selling great in America. We'll release these games too in in Europe as well. But in Europe, Chemco decides, I don't know if Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny are gonna be successful in Europe. So in Europe, they release Mickey Mouse, AKA Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 2, as a game called Hugo, based on the popular European character, Hugo the Troll. It was believed that Hugo the Troll would sell better than Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. So to be clear, 
The game Mickey Mouse, the sequel to Roger Rabbit, is released in America as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 2, but also released as Hugo in Europe. So this is an overlay of an overlay of an overlay of an overlay. Yeah. Somewhere, Christopher Nolan has a hard-on. <laughs> so for the third game, here's where it gets confusing. For the third game in the series in Japan, they release it as Mickey Mouse 3. Okay. There was not a Mickey Mouse 2. But the way that Kemco sees it, Roger Rabbit was technically Mickey Mouse 1, and their sequel to that called Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse 2. So after yes. Mickey Mouse, they Mickey Mouse 3. Does that make sense? Kind of? Kind of. Okay. So for the third game, for the, so for the third Crazy Castle game in Japan, they released Mickey Mouse 3 uh, in Japan. But in the U.S., they don't release Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3 because Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 2 did not sell as well as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3. But they still want to release... Mickey Mouse 3, a.k.a. Mickey Mouse 2, in America. So in 1992, they come up with a 100% original character and release a game for that character in America. So in America, Mickey Mouse 3 is released as Kid Clown in Nightmare World. Okay. Clear. That's Kid Clown with two Ks. So this, so Kid Clown is one more K away from being a member of the Trump administration. Yes. And the game is not Nightmare World. It's Nightmare World. So I guess in Japan, maybe there's a mayor for the daytime and then there's a mayor for the nighttime. I don't know. Maybe. But it's Kid Clown with a K in Nightmare World, a reskin of Mickey Mouse 3, which should technically be Mickey Mouse. Too. Um, if you're not confused yet, then just wait. Because Mickey Mouse 3 sold so well in Japan that they released Mickey Mouse 4 in Japan. And then they think, what are we going to do about an American version? We can't do Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 4 because in America, they never had Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3. And we can't release Kid Clown in Nightmare World 2 because nobody bought Kid Clown in Nightmare World 2. So what do we do to release Mickey Mouse 4 in America without using Bugs Bunny, without using Kid Clown, and without using... Uh, uh, any Disney characters, which we don't have the rights to. What character can we get on the cheap? So in 1993, four years after the last movie came out, uh, uh, the video game company releases the fourth Crazy Castle game in America as the real Ghostbusters, the game. Okay. So Crazy Castle 4, which was Mickey Mouse 4 in Japan, is released in America as the real Ghostbusters, the game. And then they say, okay, now let's get this game and put it in Europe. Wait, the Ghostbusters are an American thing. No person in England or Ireland are going to give a crap about a Ghostbusters game. 
We need something different from for Europe. What do they care about? So in Europe, they release the game as Garfield's Labyrinth Adventure. Okay. Garfield is trapped in a maze and he's fighting ghosts. It makes no sense. But Garfield, yeah, Garfield is in an endless maze surrounded by ghosts. Why? Who cares? We did it for cheap, and that's the Chemco motto. Hmm. <laughs> so then, by the time Chemco releases Mickey Mouse 5 in Japan, Capcom loses the rights to Disney games. And so once again, Kemco goes to America and says, hey, we've got Mickey Mouse 5 and we'd like to release it in America and we know we can't release it as Mickey Mouse 5. So, But Disney says, no, you can do that now. Nobody has the rights to make Disney games at the moment. You want to release Mickey Mouse 5, you can. And so Kemco is like, oh, great, then we'll release Mickey Mouse 5. Wait, shit. No one has played Mickey Mouse 1 through 4. What the fuck are we going to do now with Mickey Mouse 5? So in America, Mickey Mouse 5 was released on the Game Boy as Mickey Mouse's Magic Wands. And then for the sixth game in the Crazy Castle series, uh, in Japan, they dropped Mickey Mouse to create their own character because it was getting expensive because now they're on Mickey Mouse 6. And it's like, well, it was pretty expensive to release Mickey Mouse 1 through 5, even though they never really released Mickey Mouse 2, but that's beside the point. So in a, so they create their own character for Mickey Mouse 6 in Japan. So Mickey Mouse 6 is released as Go Go Kid. And then they say, okay, so what do we do with the game Go Go Kid in America? And inexplicably, for the sixth game, they decide to release it as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castles 3. Okay. The sixth game in the franchise. And then they decide, and then Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3. Apparently, so much time has passed between Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 2 and Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3 that Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 3 actually sells really good in America, whereas no one in Japan knows who the fuck Go Go Kid is. So Go Go Kid doesn't sell well. But now the Crazy Castle series is selling well in America again. So they release Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle 4, which is technically the seventh game in the Crazy Castle series. They release it as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 4 in America, and that sells so well that they're like, okay, I guess we're just making Crazy Castle games for America now. So for the seventh game in the series, they release it in America as Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle 5, but now there's a problem. Bugs Bunny is back, and he's popular, and he has a TV show out now and they're working on a movie and suddenly Kemco can no longer afford the cheap ass Bugs Bunny rights because now the Bugs Bunny rights are through the roof so what are they to do so for Crazy Castle 6 they release it in America as Woody Woodpecker's Crazy Castle 5 and to be clear (laughs) that game out in 2003 this whole goddamn story has gone from the 80s to nearly the nows yes 
But that is the story of Kemco and the Crazy Castle series. It is complicated and confusing, but I'll tell you something. Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castles is a damn good video game. It is surprisingly, <laughs> it is a surprisingly difficult puzzle game. You got to collect the carrots, avoid the bad guys. You can't jump. You can't. Uh, it, it, it is a difficult game, and you really got to think. I haven't played yeah. any of the other games in the Crazy Castle series, probably because it's confusing AF. It sounds it. But it's amazing to think of the fact that a six-series video game featured Roger Rabbit, Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, the real Ghostbusters, some troll from England, Garfield, the Ghostbusters, and Woody Woodpecker. What the (laughs) hell is that? That is bizarre. There's also a weird... Uh, there's also a weird uh, uh, connection there because when they did the animated TV show, The Real Ghostbusters, they wanted someone who sounded like Bill Murray, so they got Lorenzo Music to do the voice of Bill Murray. Yeah. And Lorenzo Music was also the voice of Garfield. But then Lorenzo Music, who was the voice of fake Bill Murray in the Ghostbusters cartoon and Garfield in the Garfield cartoon, died. And then they decided to make a live-action Garfield movie, and they got Bill Murray to do the voice of Garfield. <laughs> and apparently, Bill Murray only agreed to do the voice of Garfield because he heard that, like, oh, yeah, Lorenzo Music used to do the voice of Garfield, and he used to do my voice. And I met him a couple of times, and he was a nice guy. And now he's dead, and they're making a Garfield movie? Fuck. I'll do the voice of Garfield. He did it as a tribute to Lorenzo Music, who had died. So good for him. Yeah. But what a strange, bizarre story. Crazy Castle. I'm going to be playing that game this week on my YouTube channel. And, well, and, Lorenzo, and, uh, really... Lorenzo Music, just in general, was huge on te- in television in his day. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, was, he was Carlton the Doorman, the drunk doorman from the Rota show. But he was actually yes. the producer, and he, I'm pretty sure he produced the Bob Newhart show too, and a lot of shows in that like same time frame. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo Music. He, he was a, and yeah, and then and then by the time like I was a kid, he basically was a voiceover actor in every cartoon I ever saw. Yeah. He was one of those voice actors who was just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's the story of the Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle series. And also the reason why Snoopy throws boots in Italy. Yes. So, I find that to be absolutely fascinating. Anyway, no idea what I'm talking about, but whatever it is, it's going to be weird. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with... Steve's Historic Approximations! And cut on that.